Is it cold enough out there for you? Well, it's going to get colder. You know what I say? Get yourselves under the covers with your lovers. Make some babies and spend some time with a womanizer. More on that tonight on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath. I am your host of this little sex show. It's always my pleasure to be here with you. Keep in mind that listener discretion is advised, so do put the children to bed and stay with me. Tonight on the program... Did you know that women leave men that they love? Yes, they leave men they love, even when they have children and homes, mortgages, friends, and neighborhoods and families. Do you wonder why? We're going to explore the whys a little bit later on the program. Also tonight, Joshua Hickson, an actor at Principal's Talent, a writer and producer of two short provocative films called Sick, S-I-C, and A Ghost Within. Joshua is going to join me in the second half of the program. But first, I wanted to tell you about my little threesome this week, Hot Flash in the City. But before I do that, I want to thank my technical producer, Mike, for all the great work that he always does, answering my emails, helping me with the music and the techno production. Thanks so much, Mike. You're doing well? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Oh, that's very great. Well it's well, it's Sunday. Oh, yes. Can't complain. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I like it. Um... So thanks for all your help. I do appreciate it. So I was going to tell you, back to my little threesome, Hot Flash in the City this week, which uh, was three events, three cities. I went to West Vancouver, Coquitlam, and here in Vancouver. And my, my purpose was to educate a larger group of women about hormones, sexual health, and vaginal health. And we did... We just had such a great time in every single city. Now, West Van was a little surprised to learn that they could only have one alcoholic drink per day. They were surely, they surely thought they got it confused asking questions like, you mean one drink per hour, correct? Anyway, love West Van, of course, and I get to say that. They know why. Also, the ladies of Coquitlam were amazing. I really hadn't been out in that area too much, and uh, we had so much fun out there. It was right out of a movie. They were wonderful to me. There were amazing sponsors at all of the events, and all the sponsors traveled around with me. And what I loved about them is that they took care of me. They made me up. They were telling me from Mary Kay that they wanted to give me eyebrows, which I didn't realize I'd never had. They wanted to give me lips. Red, I have lips, but they wanted to give me red lips. So I let them make me up. Also, Fabiola of Stella and Dot adorned me with the most adorned me with the most beautiful jewelry, a gorgeous necklace and earrings. And I was pretty much unrecognizable by the time I got up on the stage. We we had so much fun at all of the events. Um, hopefully, a lot of people learned. And uh, learned from the movie, which was called Hot Flash Havoc, and then the question and answer period, which went in Coquitlam for an hour and 45 minutes. I, what I loved about Coquitlam was that women shared stories there. They shared stories of reproductive cancer and the experiences that they'd had. They shared stories of the demise in their relationship as a result of issues that had occurred at midlife. And I, I had to call it, basically, because we had to let the staff go home. But I have since received a number of... Uh, emails from a lot of women still asking more questions every event was unique one was more focused on hormones another sort of went the sexual health direction another was on vaginal health and intimacy 
We raised some money for BC Alzheimer's Society. Our very own Linda Steele from here at CKNW came out to the Vancouver one. It was an honor to have her there. And, of course, her fans loved uh, meeting her, so that was so much fun. I want to thank everybody who came out. And uh, I realize this underscored the need for education for women at this time of life. And we're going to be doing this more and more, hopefully. Anyway, so thank you all so much. Thanks for your emails, and I'm going to review some of those emails uh, at the end of the show. And, of course, the Womanizer made its first appearance at Hot Flash in the City. If you don't know what the Womanizer is, if you didn't hear me talk about it last time, (laughs) it's the most amazing little device you've ever heard of in your entire life. Um, It's actually a a sex toy. But usually when you think of womanizer, you think of a philanderer, and philanderers cause pain in your life. And what I love about the womanizer is it causes nothing but pleasure. And it deserves a little bit more than my vote of confidence, which is basically when I say goodnight to it, I also tell it that I love it. So there I am putting this womanizer on the night table saying goodnight, I love you, going to bed at 8 p.m. after a daily nap now. Anyway, (laughs) But actually, the Womanizer is a touchless clitoral stimulator. It will take you ladies on the ride of a lifetime. 73%, according to the testing that the company has done, 73% of women experienced a multiple orgasm. 76% of women experienced an exceptionally intense orgasm. And that is true. That is, this device is not for the faint of orgasm. Uh, there, there are five settings on it, so you can start out at a lower setting. 63% sensed an entirely new sexual experience. And 98%, 98% really, wanted to own a womanizer. I have to say, after, we descri- after I describe it and show it to people, they are, or they've heard about it, and I have my little hot pink suitcase that I travel around with, and there's all sorts of surprises in there. People are starting to ask to see the womanizer. What I love about it from a health perspective is that people with limited hand function or rheumatoid arthritis, for example, that has impacted their hands or MS, they don't actually have to hold this like you do a vibrator. You can actually rest it on yourself because it attaches to the clitoris. On the on the show, Frankie and Grace, they couldn't actually say clitoris. Well, they could, but some of the women couldn't say it, and they were spelling it. But anyway, I do think that we need to talk about the body parts as they are. So I hope you're not offended. If you are, you can always turn off the radio. Um, but bottom line, this is a very unique device, and uh, they're available at my website, which is www.backtothebedroom.ca. You can always email me at sextalk at cknw.com if you have any questions at all. You can also email me at nursetalk at hotmail.com. If you have any questions about sexuality, hormones, vaginal health, midlife, your relationship, dating, intimacy, uh, behavior of somebody that you're involved in a relationship with, questions about age differences in relationships, anything you like, you can call me here at 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Don't be shy. You can use an alias. You can use another name if you like. 
and nobody will recognize your voice. But uh, a lot of times you folks call in, and that's fantastic. But you can email me if you don't feel like calling me. You can email me, sextalk at cknw.com or nurse talk at hotmail.com. Either way, but uh, give me a call. I do love to chat with you, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. When I return, I'm going to talk to you about women who leave the men they love. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. That's just such a great song. I had to play it a little bit longer and sing to myself here in the studio. I'm Maureen McGrath, just in case you're joining me now. I'm a registered nurse, and I have a clinical practice where I see patients with sexual health issues and relationship issues, intimacy concerns within their marriage or their marriage has broken up because of a medical condition or communication issue. Largely, a lot of patients present to me because they are in a sexless marriage or they have desire discrepancy, whereas one partner has more sexual desire than the other partner, or they have dissatisfying sex So I help them to figure that out. Often it's the man who will book the appointment and drag the woman along. And literally I feel that way sometimes. I feel like she does not want to be here. And often men will go outside of a relationship if they're not satisfied with the sex that's occurring at home or if there's no sex that's going on at home. And there are many reasons why sex or satisfying sex or great sex doesn't happen at home. What I hear from men is that women are so busy, women are doing everything outside of the home, everything for the children, having the children sleep in the marital bed. They're volunteering, they're working outside of the home, they never stop, they're exercising relentlessly, but there's really no time for the two partners and this can be same-sex couples or heterosexual couples, no time for them to connect, and the sex falls off the bed, shall we say. And that's pretty common. We also, I also do see women who tell me that the men in their lives, it's interesting, have low sexual desire, but they don't have the sexual desire that the woman has, and there's a number of reasons for this as well. One of them, one of the common reasons, is erectile dysfunction. Many men experience that at any age. Many men are very embarrassed by that, and many men would rather not be embarrassed and forego the sex instead, so they would rather not get treated. But it's really a health issue, and it's, there should be no shame in it. I don't really like to use the word should, There is no shame in it, but I'm not a man, and so I don't know what that is like. But I know that it impacts relationships, and many women will go outside of the relationship. We say in healthcare that women have uh, extramarital affairs to leave a marriage, and men have extramarital affairs to remain in the marriage. That goes along with a national study that demonstrated a Globe and Mail survey that demonstrated 75% of people are happy in their relationship, but over 52% are very dissatisfied with their sex lives. 
And I see that quite frequently. But there's something else that occurs. And as a sexpert working with men and women in relationship crisis at times, I do help patients navigate very many marriage issues or relationship issues. And some of these are really complex. And you think it's one thing, and there's actually 10 things behind it. There might be sexual pain that that a woman is embarrassed about. There may have been an affair, or somebody may have found that their partner was sexting with somebody else, and they feel betrayed, and they actually are angry, and they can't be intimate with that person. They can't get over that anger, but they they won't look at themselves. They have a tendency not to do a self-inventory and see why that person may have gone outside of the relationship. Because when people are not having sex with their partners and they're in a relationship, they can feel less than attractive or less attractive, less desirable, and downright lonely. So people need to be touched and held, and having sex is one of the most intimate and one of the most bonding events in people's lives. And I I believe it's underestimated. I believe we place a lot more value on a lot of other things like money and impressing other people and putting out that sense of perfection. Look at us. Look at our house. Look at our kids. Look at where we live. Look at the cars we drive. Look at how perfect it is. Oh, did you know that my husband has been cheating on me for 10 years, by the way? No, nobody reveals the real truth of what goes on inside their marriages. But they, especially on the Internet now, we have this ability to tell everybody or show this perfect life that we all lead. But sometimes people like me know differently because I hear all the stories. I see those lives of perfection, but then I hear the real truth, and it's only the truth that is interesting. And so be careful what you put on the Internet because eventually it will be the worst. It'll be found out, but the worst person to find out is your own self. So when you put out this perfection, this, oh, we designed our home after this fabulous chateau in France or whatever, falsity, we... But the reality is your wife has been unhappy and miserable and perhaps even cheating on you for 10 years. Then you have to take a look at yourself. It's only you and yourself that you're lying to and that you're causing grief. So there's another situation that occurs. And it came to me because one of my patients said to me, she was about ready to leave her husband. And she didn't want to. She had a few children. She, they had a mortgage, of course, a massive mortgage. They were living in Vancouver. And they, she had a job and in-laws and family and friends and neighbors. But she couldn't take what he was doing any longer. And she wanted to know how she could get through this, almost what she called self-inflicted heartbreak. He would come home, she said. She said he would, if she were lying on the floor, bleeding from every orifice, passed out, he would step over her and open the fridge and get a beer. 
And she said he completely ignored her, placed no value on her. She felt terrible about it. It tore her heart out. She said she couldn't live this way anymore. She had quite the life with him. By all appearances, she had this wonderful life with this man. But he had his own life, it seemed. He wasn't present. He was always working. He was out with his friends. He was a mountain biker. He had a boat and went fishing quite often. She said he was a good man. He was a great father. He was able to support the family. People liked him, and they thought they were the the couple of perfection. They thought they were the perfect couple. But she felt he had been taking her for granted far too long. Her husband was not present in the marriage. And lo and behold, what had happened was somebody came along, was attracted to her, and swept her off of her feet. He told her she was beautiful. He told her initially when they met online because he had seen a photograph of her online and he thought she was quite attractive. And she thought he was quite attractive. And they started chatting together and then they eventually met. And she didn't want to leave for this other man, but she was attracted to this man and she felt she wanted a man in her life who valued her, who paid attention to her, who actually cared about her and cared about her more than he cared about other aspects of her life or of his life. Sorry about that. This isn't right or wrong. This was a very difficult decision for this woman to make. Um, she was, she didn't know where to go. She didn't know where to turn. Her instinct was to plan to leave him. What else could she do? She also wondered if leaving him might get a reaction out of him, and then he might realize that she ignored him. She also didn't really communicate with him. She didn't tell him how much this bothered her. But men and women need to realize that their spouses are not their property. Nobody owes you their soul. You have to earn it and every single day. And you earn it through your aliveness, through your presence, through your ability to listen, to listen to somebody, to actually hear them, to listen to the entire story. For men, it's not about problem solving. And for women, it's about communicating what matters to you and stating your feelings. When I come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that when I talk to the writer and producer of a provocative film. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath, hosting the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. If you're just joining me, welcome. If you decided to hang with me, fantastic. Thanks for staying. Uh, Joshua Hingston is a fearless actor who has spent years honing his craft. His desire to pursue acting led him to the prestigious Lee Strasberg Theater Institute and most recently to New York to study with world-renowned voice and Shakespeare teacher Patsy Rodenberg. He has picked up a nomination for Best Actor in his award-winning short film, Sick, 
Most recently, he shot the feature film Look Again with Daniel O'Connor, which is beginning its film festival run. He has also appeared in the Primetime Emmy award-winning series Masters of Horror, as well as the lead roles in the independent short films Elliot Spark and Empty Spaces. Over the last couple of years, Josh has moved behind the camera to write and produce two short films, one which I mentioned, Sick, and also A Ghost Within, which marks his directorial debut. He also stars in both of these films. A Ghost Within premiered at the Yorkton Film Festival, where Josh picked up a nomination for emerging filmmaker Sick. Sick has screened all across the world while picking up five nominations, including a nomination for Best Screenwriter and winning an award for Best Director at the Maverick Movie Awards in New York. Well, hello, Josh. Hey, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good. That is quite the background, I must say. I'm exhausted reading it. Yeah, that's quite the intro to listen to. I like to give credit where credit is due, especially for all your hard work. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, I've watched your film, Sick, S-I-C. Yeah. It's a yeah. provocative... S-I-C period, yeah. S-I-C period. I wondered if yeah. that was the... Uh, so it is... S- a, double, a double meaning to it. Yes. I yeah. gathered that. Um, yeah. Well, it was a great provocative nine-minute film or so. Yeah. And 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 about, about truths and about fears about truths. So I don't want to give too much of the film away. It's It's very provocative. Yeah. And it yes, it gets you thinking. Mm-hmm. And so, tell me a little bit about what prompted you to create this film. Um, initially, the the first thoughts that started percolating in my mind were: um, I was tired of seeing the sexual objectification of women on film. Um, it's something that I've I've really got a a little patience or interest threshold for. Um, I think it's done too much and it's just, I don't, I don't think it's necessary anymore. And, uh, to the degree that it is. And it was also on the heels of the winter Olympics coming up in Sochi, uh, in Sochi. Mm-hmm. Um, and so watching the persecution and the bigotry towards the LGBT community in Russia infuriated me. Um, and nothing was really being done about it. And so I was sitting in a sauna, the, a different sauna than the one that we filmed in, but the same, uh, location, uh, with, uh, a very dear friend of mine and, and his, uh, his fiance, both gay. And I was sitting in the sauna with them and this idea just came to me randomly when we were hanging out and, uh, um, you know, the original, I guess, theme that I really wanted to explore about this was love. I think love is deeply rooted in the nucleus of any important story to me anyways. Um, and I was really curious to explore a male relationship um, because you know, as we've talked about through our communication, I think that there's something really unique about men, something very primal and vulnerable and how they deal with humiliation and um, how they try and stay clear of, of that humiliation that I, I think was really appealing to me. And so through development with my producers, uh, Tatiana Green and Mike Gill, 
and hearing some other stories uh, that that kind of came up. Um, and I thought, you know, just the timing with how much news and press, you know, the LGBT community was getting at that time. I hadn't really seen a film like this. It's talked about, you know, quite commonly in in the community um so situations it, it's like about this. two men let's just set the scene for yeah. the listeners it's yeah, about sure. two men sitting in that sauna yeah two men reconnecting two lifelong friends that reconnect after let's say a year apart without really having any communication whatsoever um who both share a very provocative secret um together and it's how they reconnect to acknowledge the secret that they both share and how they circumnavigate their way through it. And they both acknowledge it in a very different way, with yeah. a different perspective. Yes. And a different idea to go forward. And, and violence is involved there as well. You say that primal. Yeah. I think for men, the first, you know, especially when dealing with vulnerability and or fear or humiliation or anything like that, I think... You know, men are very quick to get physical and uh, give the presentation of being stronger than they actually are. Um, I think you're bang on. Uh, no pun intended yeah. here, but um, <laughs> well, with, well played. <laughs> the um, men have a, a very difficult time dealing, you know, being vulnerable or yeah. um, being humiliated, especially yeah. by other men or even other or even women. Yeah. I think it's maybe uh, perhaps how men are socialized. I think we, we have a big uh, job to re-socialize men and women around sexuality and vulnerability and humility and sexual self-esteem and self-confidence and, and all of that. Absolutely. But it is, uh, I've, I see it time and time again. It's it's the humility that men have discomfort with. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it's a really bizarre thing, but it's, it's 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 very prominent still in in society and and in a lot of cultures and also in this short film which is mm-hmm. 9 minutes but a, a worthy 9 minutes i must say yeah uh there's repression or suppression of feelings yes suppression of reality yes the suppression of the truth which is in in the work that i do i really try and get to the truth of the problems in the relationship so that people can actually heal. So that because if they're pretending uh, that the problem is something else, then they're never actually going to heal. So if you can say, well, I'm not having sex with him because he's not making enough money, when the, the reality is a woman is experiencing vaginal dryness and painful sex, you're never actually going to get to the truth. Right. Or Or if somebody's had an affair and you're denying that or claiming somebody, oh, I, I knew he was having an affair. I was fine with it. You know, and that's not the truth. You're never going to heal that sickness no. within that relationship. And so one person really, and, and it's also crazy making when somebody denies the truth. So in yeah. this film, there's a little bit of crazy making. Yeah, for sure there is. From one actor to the other. Yeah, I think, um, you know, unfortunately, it's still a very polarizing social and cultural conversation to have um, in terms of, especially towards the same, uh, same sex, if, if you're male and, 
um, if you have any love or feelings or attraction to uh, somebody of the same sex, it's it, it's it's still not widely accepted and embraced, and it's uh, it's really unfortunate that that still uh, exists in, in today's modern society. Well, well, people don't even realize that there are heterosexual men. Me- that sexuality is fluid, but there's if we put compartmentalize them, heterosexual men, homosexual men, and then there's another group, men who have sex with M- with men or MSM. Yeah. And that may have been what occurred here. We we don't know. It's anybody, you know, it's up for interpretation. Yeah, exactly. But that occurs in life, yeah. and people are very surprised by that. They don't they can't they say, "Well, he has to be gay." <laughs> Um, yeah, of course, because then it's then it's an idea that they can they can feel safe in because then they've compartmentalized them and they know what that represents. That's right, but otherwise it makes it confusing. So if a married man yeah. has had sex with another man previously, you can see where he may want to because it's not socially acceptable. Or if somebody finds out, there might be great shame or great humility. It yeah. may lead somebody to to drink alcohol, excessive alcohol, or do drugs, or a sex addiction, yeah. or some other way to numb the pain. Yeah. But it's a very provocative nine minutes, I must say, and, and a great foundation for uh, amazing dialogue. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And now, A Ghost Within, I love the fact, I, I feel that only the truth is interesting. I'm not interested in any baloney <laughs> from anybody. I love the truth. Sure. Because yeah. that's that's people. That's our lives. You know, it's it's It, it should be. It should it's be. It's a bit of a romantic idea, but it, it's it's an idea worth pursuing anyways. Absolutely. And so A Ghost Within is another um, movie that you've done, another short film that you've yeah. done. Tell me about that. Um, a Ghost Within is a story that explores um, heartbreak and a man who lives on the outskirts of a, a small town Bible Belt community who is trying to, I guess, communicate his innocence uh, in a family's, uh, their daughter's death, uh, when they firmly believe that he's the one responsible. Um, but all his, his only crime was that he, or the only way that he is guilty is, is that he loved their daughter more than anything else. And, and um, yeah. And and how short is this film? That one is fourteen and a half minutes. Fourteen and a half minutes. I yeah. love how you are showcasing heartbroken men. We don't see that too no. much in in movies. That he, this is a heartbroken young man. Yeah. And and that's actually not really socially acceptable. Men can only cry till they're about seven years of age. That's when it's acceptable, and then they have. Then they are taught to turn off the tears. Huh. Yeah, and, I, yeah, I don't know. I, that's that's just that's that's kind of what I've I've come to know. I mean, obviously, I've, I've had a lot of really beautiful and fulfilling experiences, but I'm you know I'm, I'm a bit of a I went a bit of the opposite way in that regard. So that's something that I identify with more than you know. Uh, showcasing the strong and dominant and kind of ego-driven uh, presence of being a man. I don't. I don't really know how do I 
identify with that or, or with those people. Right, because that's often false, though. You know, yeah, that's often sure. a bravado. That's a yeah. um, a cover that people present to the world so that they, because of fear of judgment or fear of yeah. feeling badly. And they probably judge themselves to, to no end. Relentlessly. So I, I wouldn't want to be in their mind. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, they're both fantastic films, I have to say. Um, I... I I've thoroughly enjoyed SIC dot, yeah. and I actually yeah. look forward to watching um, a ghost within. Yeah, um, I haven't actually seen that one, but I do like um, the subject matter. I do like what it's about, and I think that yeah. you know, I think this is a great uh, thing to do. And I wish you all the best of luck. I hope you create a lot more of these uh, types yeah. of films. Yeah. I think they're valuable in this day and age when people only have between nine and fourteen minutes. <laughs> so it's yeah. a nice thing to do to watch a series of them. Uh, to start some thought-provoking commentary. Yeah, I just quickly, I'll I'll, I'll just explain the the title and I guess the the meaning behind sick. Um, so sick, S I C period, and in, in its Latin root means thus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also took it uh, in the sense that most people who have thoughts towards the same sex are often perceived and or titled with the idea that they're sick. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with them. So for me, I wanted to put an end to that before you got to the end of finishing the actual word because I don't think that that is a stigma that should be perpetuated anymore about anybody um, because there is nothing wrong with you aside from the fact that you have love in your heart to give to somebody else. Absolutely. So I think there should be nothing wrong with you for, for wanting to do that. And there is nothing wrong with people. Yeah, and and exactly. unfortunately, it was only a short time ago where the DSM-5 or DSM Diagnostic and Statistic Manual did um, have homosexuality as a disease. And as we all know, that is certainly not the case. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, where can people absolutely. see these films? Uh, so you can see them both on, on Vimeo. You can type in A Ghost Within Vimeo or SIC period movie uh, Vimeo and, and they'll both pop up and you can, you can dive right in. Just I, I don't know if you want to watch that right before you go to bed, but uh, <laughs> maybe you do. I don't know. Might have some hot dreams. Anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds great. Be interesting for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Josh. Good luck with your future endeavors. Yes, thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. When I return, your emails from Hot Flash in the City. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the ZKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Love that song, too. Coffee Morning, Laura Nairo. All these heartbreak songs. Anyway, get you crying. Uh, I was going to read some letters that I had after hot flash in the city. So here we go, because I think there were some important questions. Hi, Maureen. Hope all is well with you. First of all, I'd like to say thank you for the hot flash in the city event. It was very informative and interesting, but due to the lack of time, there were some topics that were not covered and that I was especially interested in. I would like to know more about the lack of sexual desire and how to get that back. Are there some products or programs that may help, or do we just rent porn, which has been done? Laugh out loud. I think it would have been a good topic to hear some of the answers from the menopause doctor or even from some of the participants themselves that attended the event. 
Also about the lack of sleep besides taking prescribed pills. I am trying natural remedies, but have found that they only work for a short time, and then I am back to the same routine of waking up every three hours or so and having trouble getting back to sleep. Any products or programs that might help with the sleep would be appreciated as well. Anyway, your email did get to me. You were wondering, Darlene. Thank you so much. And uh, she thanks me for the good evening out and the fact that the lights didn't go out after that storm at the K Meek Center. So sexual desire, lack of sexual desire, it's common and it's complex. And I, I speak to women so often and they'll say to me, you know, nothing's worked. I haven't, I've tried everything. You know, I just don't have it. I have no sexual desire. Uh, long-term relationships result in boring sex. Women actually have low, less tolerance for boring sex than men do. Um, you know, you have to think about sex. You have to talk about sex. You have to do a few things. There is a little tip. You might have, you obviously, I didn't mention this one at the West Van one. I did mention it, I think, at the Vancouver one. Anyway, um, there are some things you need to do. You got to feel good about yourself. You got to be trim. You got to exercising every single day that's going to help your sleep at night. And I'm just not talking about any little exercise. I'm talking about hiking for an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half every day, you know, hitting the gym. We're talking sweating. We are talking really getting those endorphins going. Um, And you've got to think about sex. You've got to read about sex. You've got to think of some ways to shake things up in the bedroom. And guys, you can't just have that quick release sex either. Foreplay is important. Pleasure is important. Listening, touching, gazing in the person's eyes are important. And the men need to look after themselves as well. So uh, often men get a paunch at this age or that age. And I do have Bob on the line. Um, (laughs) Anyway, and I want to give you this little tip first. My silver balls popularized by Fifty Shades of Grey. But a good idea is run some silver balls under some water. You know, have your partner, your husband, whomever, downstairs helping out. You go upstairs, insert your silver balls into your vagina uh, after they've been run under warm water or cold water. That'll increase the arousal. Then you want to sex your husband, brush your teeth, sex your husband. It's going to get you aroused. You're going to start thinking about sex and put on something nice, some nice lingerie. You really got to make the effort. No children in the marital bed, locks on the bedroom doors, and uh, hopefully that will help. But uh, if your estrogen is low at this time of life, you may want to look at uh, some low-dose localized estrogen for vaginal atrophy or personal moisturizer, uh, lubricants like V-Love, and or Zestra, new to Canada, a sexual desire gel may help as well. But I have Bob on the line. Hello, Bob. Bob is no longer there. Hello, is Bob there? Yeah. Hey, Bob, how are you? I'm very, not bad. I talked quite a while ago. Uh, oh. I can't hear you, Bob. Uh, you also sent me a long time ago a pair of underwear. Oh, did I send you a pair of underwear a long time ago? <laughs> Bob, <laughs> I have sent a million guys a pair of underwear a long time ago, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago, you had a lady on. Uh, her name was Lisa Copeland. Yes. Uh, about a book on dating over 50. Yes, the winning dating formula for women over 50. Seven steps to attracting quality men, that one. Exactly. Yes. Now, I, I am in my 70s, if not beyond that, and I have met a lot of women, but unsatisfactory. Unsatisfactory women or sex? <laughs> <laughs> or a boat. I guess that's one and the same. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't get involved physically at all. No, huh? Until you get to know them better, okay? Oh, that's nice. Because I'm the type of man where I'm not exactly puffy, 
but I do like myself, I do like living. And because of the situation I've around, I've done everything so far, I've gone everywhere, even a couple of uh, beliefs I've got, a couple of churches I've got, and nothing appears to be satisfactory to my liking, that's all. Well, you know, they say there's a pot for every, there's a lid for every pot. I, I think there's multiple lids for pots myself. Exactly. Uh, keep, yeah, and, and uh, you know, keep, keep trying, you know, keep going out there. Exactly right, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. D- never give up, Bob. <laughs> Me, I never, I, I'm not a quitter. Show them your underwear for crying out loud. <laughs> Show them your junk. What you got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm a good uh, Irish Catholic girl. <laughs> I've always liked your humor. Always. <laughs> humor? <laughs> I'm a serious medical professional. <laughs> During the week. During the week only. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for your call, Bob, and thanks for listening. Okay, that's it. You take care. All right, you too. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, when I come back, I'm going to wrap this baby up. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the ZKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Well, like all great sex, the show has to come to an end. What did we learn tonight? Women don't want absent-minded groping or quick-release sex, guys, okay? And ladies, you're responsible, too. you got to shake things up in the bedroom. Go to my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca. I'm Maureen McGrath. You have been listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.